0: Liz Stahura, it's Wednesday and on Wednesdays we connect with you, whether it is March, April, May, it doesn't matter. Now it's the end of December. Uh, thank you for being here.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me and happy holidays.
0: Thanks. Happy holidays. Uh, we're heading into uh, Christmas. Uh, and as the we end this year, I wanted to take an opportunity to look back. Um, Because you guys do such great work. You do forecasting, you do real time sort of uh, retail sales tracking. Like what, when we end this year, what are you talking about at your, at your Zoom holiday parties about the (laughs) cannabis industry this year?
1: Oh, and you know, we are, we're such nerds. you know I, I think it's always nice to start when we're thinking about the big things in 2020 you know obviously it, it's it's hard to not say the words covid um and vaccine when you're talking right. about this year uh, so definitely thinking about that impact um and also for canada you know thinking about cannabis 2.0 thinking about cbd thinking about some of these new products and formats and features that that rose up but i like to take the the first step and kind of think big picture around you know as you know we do forecasts um, and adjust those forecasts throughout the year. Our most recent forecast adjustment, official anyways, uh, forecast adjustment was back in August. So a little post COVID, but while we were still watching things start to settle out. And uh, our 2020 forecast for global regulated cannabis sales was about 20 billion, um, and we do believe that we are going to be right within that range uh, for the year, maybe a little bit above actually. And I'll get into why that is um, mm-hmm. after talking about Canada. <laughs> right. uh, but our Canadian forecast was is for about 2.5 billion U.S., which of course is somewhere around you know 3.2, 3.3 billion Canadian. Um, we, uh, in some places, in some ways, we got a little bit of, um, of, of questions around, you know, was that forecast too, uh, too bullish? And uh, very, very proud of our analysts for, for their foresight and the, and the work that they did in an incredibly difficult year um, to make predictions based on a year that looked like no other. Right. Uh, but, but we did come out, uh, we do believe we're going to come out right around there for the year in Canada, which is... You know, an incredible growth rate for for the year, and and really exciting to think about, uh, with all of the challenges and all of the things that that came up, uh, to still end up in that place. Uh, interestingly enough, for the U.S., our forecast is about sixteen billion. And we actually expect that we're going to uh, exceed that forecast. So we we've seen, um, in particular, the uh, the mature markets in the U.S., so Colorado, California, Oregon, et cetera, et cetera, uh, really outpaced our expected growth for the year. Um, and we do think that that has something to do with COVID. Uh, It has lots of factors there, but but COVID certainly does play a part. And it's a really interesting story when we think about the potential sales boost coming out um, out of COVID. And it's similar to what we saw in or what we see in other recession-resistant categories like beverage alcohol, um, and for COVID in particular, uh, home health care, health and wellness products.
0: It's, it's, we, we you and I, um, <laughs> sat down, we didn't sit down, it was on Zoom, but we connected, um, it must've been uh, April, right? And we were actually talking about what the impact of something like COVID might be. And you, I've been repeating it poorly the whole time since, but that um, new things may not happen, but things that were like seeds may just exponentially get faster. And, and I wonder if you've seen that in 2020, whether it relates to like people buying online, where they're allowed to, um, new product categories moving faster than you thought they might, um, new markets. I mean, we've we talked about the election a lot too, like new markets just coming along faster than they might otherwise. Like, are you seeing that sort of as, not necessarily from the overall um, overall numbers or projections, but also just around consumer behavior?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that consumer behavior is just a fascinating piece. And and you're absolutely right. Sort of our, our ongoing theory is, Uh, large-scale events like COVID, like uh, the economic downturn afterwards, uh, you know, they do tend to accelerate trends and behaviors that we're already building. And the big one, and this, of course, is not uh, exclusive to cannabis, uh, but the big one is this increasing dependence and desire for online-based shopping, whether it be click and collect, whether it be delivery, uh, you know, these types of, of online interactions um, and I think it's especially interesting for the cannabis industry. Of course, there's this added layer of legalization. I mean, of course, delivery is not available in all areas and um, certainly uh, lots of interesting conversations that we could probably fill many, many of these segments uh, talking about uh, the pros and cons there and, and government interactions. And, and frankly, in the US and Canada, um, you know, currently lots of focus on Ontario, but, but the US there are, there are similar um, scenarios playing out. Whether it be California, Colorado, Massachusetts, California,
0: there are some municipalities that think you can limit delivery into the municipality. Like it's.
1: Yep, exactly. it, it is not a problem unique to any right. <laughs> any one market or, or right. any one um, one area. That's for sure.
0: And, and it is interesting because of course, there's um, there's important reference points there for brands, there's important reference there for retailers, there's the e-commerce component, but also, and, and I like to think of it, there's interesting takeaways from that related to policy uh, advocacy really as well, because like, if people want to order things online and it's not available to order online, they will find a way to order it online in, in the other market, right? In the gray market or the, the legacy absolutely. market.
1: Absolutely, just yeah, absolutely. And that, That's it, an argument that we see Again, on both sides of the border, um, of, of ultimately, you know, the the legal cannabis industry is there to uh, to bring sales out of the illicit or the gray or the black market, or yeah. you want to think of it, yeah. and um, and we we hobble our industry and our our attempts to do that when we create barriers to access into the legal industry.
0: Yeah. Anything um, that surprised you? about any of the categories any of the data that you guys look at or analysis like anything that was like wow i don't that was really that would have been impossible to predict in 2019 that this was going to happen in 2020 anything that strikes you like that
1: ah you know great question one of the things that and i won't say necessarily was shocking but was really interesting to watch unfold was the evolution of the cannabis 2.0 products um, and so, you know, kind of really well aligned with the beginning of the year. And just to sort of set the stage in the US, you know, a normal distribution for, for product category mix and, and most of the, the mature fully legal states in the US, about 40% flower, 10% pre-rolls, 30% concentrates um, and about 15% edibles. And then another 5% for, for all the other smaller categories, topicals, sublinguals, you know, et cetera, et cetera uh when 2.0 first came online uh you know we we saw i wouldn't say a slow adoption of the 2.0 products but sort of a a bit of a ramp up in q1 and q2 and then really it was when the beverages um started to really come online in the end of q2 that we saw sales really start to grow Uh, in the 2.0 products. And we're still seeing uh, a little bit of a a skew towards flower. You know, there's still a lot of room to grow for those 2.0 products. As we move into 2021, Uh, using Alberta as an example, you know, you're looking at concentrates around 17%, edibles around 6%, flower 54%, pre-rolled 20% still, um, and other at 3%. Uh, so a couple interesting things there. One, the edibles still a smaller percent of the overall sales, uh, but of course all eyes are on beverages up in Canada, uh, both north and south of the border, mm-hmm. and we really have seen beverages uh, showing signs of uh, showing signs of potential and growth potential in terms of the percent that they are comprising of the, of the edibles category. So if you look at edibles as a category, beverages are about 23% of sales in Canada. You Compare that to the US, it's about 5% of sales. Um, so now keep in mind, it's a smaller piece of the pie, right? Edibles in general are already bigger. So, so it's, um, it's kind of an interesting way to look at it, uh, flipping back and forth between thinking about full, uh, full product share versus just share of the edibles category. Uh, but to me, what it says is that there is interest in in this category. There is interest on the consumer side in participating, and it's just up to us whether it be us the LPs, up to us the retailers, uh, us the rest of the industry, um, to really build out and understand not only the technology side but also the consumer experience side yeah. um, of the product.
0: Yeah, it really is interesting, and and. Um... This is new <laughs> like it's it's actually creating new categories uh to new custom to new consumers in a new environment and it's just i mean i i say it almost every week like it just seems so exciting that there's new stuff right it's not it's just th- there's new products being developed new new consumers coming to market those new products bringing new consumers into the fold and they may not want flour or pre-rolls or or concentrates but they're looking for something that new and that net new is is selling and i think the more opportunities people have to see them use them enjoy them buy them again then 2021 we'll talk about next week but i am really looking forward to what is down the road as well um but liz i want to thank you and, and wish you a happy holiday and uh, we will see you next week uh, uh right before new years but i want to say thank you and uh, a good look back at 2020 thank you very much happy holidays jay thanks liz